this, 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 this is episode five of Coaching Connections with Marcus Alvarado. Thank you guys for tuning in. I am so glad to have you. Today we sat and talked to Coach Steve Fettis of Veterans Memorial High School and Coach Lonnie Hubbard of Steele High School. Again, both in the San Antonio area. Both guys doing an outstational, a sensational, a sensational, a sensational and an outstanding job running their programs. We were extremely blessed to have them on the show. We talked about so many things, very useful information for all coaches across the board. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is episode five. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Coaching Connections with Marcus Alvarado. Hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, share it with your friends and your family. Episode five, let's get after it. Oh, sir. What's up, bro? <laughs> let's go. Where's the beard? Huh? Where's the beard? I shaved it off uh, last week. Uh, it's only been a couple days. It grows back too fast. Coach Hubbard, how you doing? Hey, I'm great. How y'all doing? Just trying Good, to man. survive during this quarantine time, right? <laughs> man, it's, it's crazy, ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me get you guys on gallery mode real quick. All right. Okay. Well, we can get started if y'all want and get, get rolling. That's fine. Yeah, man. Sounds good. Who knows when your kids are going to get back home, Steve, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I got the hourglass sitting next to me, man. It's already gone. <laughs> with borrowed time right now. <laughs> yeah. Coach Up, how you doing, man? What's that, man? I missed it. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Man, it's, it's all this doggone... I've actually worked too hard the last couple of days with all the kids and everything, not understanding the assignments and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's where I'm at. You, uh, do you both teach classes, actual uh, content? What do you teach? I don't have a core class. I've, I teach uh, communications. So it's a lot easier than doing math or science or history or anything like that. Absolutely. <laughs> Steve, what do you got? Yeah, I got, I got U.S. history, man. So I'm, I'm kind of in it. But, you know, of all the core – star subjects you know u.s history is not bad we we generally have that 97 96 passing and and all that so it's been going well man it's the same thing that everyone's dealing with trying to uh get a hold of the ones that are hard to reach you know but yeah yeah that's it i mean history history doesn't change right history is what it is right (laughs) except except for modern history which we're living through right oh no doubt (laughs) there's one day it'll it'll be in the history books you know i mean i'll tell you (laughs) it's gonna be like but but it's for sure gonna be in the history books right Right. i I just want to take time to say thank you guys both of y'all for hopping on i know uh, everybody's schedules looks different with uh all this online distance learning stuff but i appreciate you guys coming on no problem we didn't get a chance to do introductions, so we got Coach Perez at Veterans Memorial and uh, Coach Hubbard from Steele. Uh, thanks again, guys. Um, so, so basically, we just – just been talking to coaches. I think coaches have a lot of insight. I think what we do uh, in our profession, we have the ability to, to change lives for the better and, and develop these relationships. And, and I just like to get to know more about the coaches and see what it is about them that, that allows them to – to develop these relationships. I think uh, what we do is impactful. And so I appreciate you guys for what y'all do. First off, just with this COVID stuff, how are you guys staying sane? What are y'all doing fun? Y'all doing anything, any binge watching Netflix or chores around the house? What do y'all, what do y'all got going on? <laughs> Man, nope. 
I mean, I'm so, so glad that uh, I don't care whether it's old sports. You know, uh, I, I'm watching. I'm, I'm, I find myself even watching pro wrestling because it's almost a sport. You know, and they show that stuff live. You know, so <laughs> whatever is interesting, man. Oh man, that's uh, yeah. I mean, I've I've caught up on some Netflix stuff. I didn't even know any of these uh, like. Uh, Netflix type shows, man. I've never really got a chance to sit down. You, you all know that, but I've been watching. Uh, everyone's talking about Ozarks, and uh, oh, yeah. and I watched uh, Narcos. But uh, you know that nothing, nothing big. You know that's what everyone else is doing. And yeah. other than that, just house activities. Set up a little pool in the backyard for the kids, and you know that's kind of one of the things I was going to talk about is just how it's been a a chance for us to slow down and. And man, I've seen more of my kids than I have in the, my oldest is eight than I have in eight years, man. And uh, yeah, so no, it's been fun, man. Just trying to teach your own kids, you know. I take that like I didn't realize, you know, how fun that was going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my my second grader is very independent, and so uh, you know she can she does well. She's kind of a high flyer, and uh, my kindergartner, she's quite the opposite, man. She's shy. She's reserved. She's that kid in our classroom that doesn't cause the teacher any problems. So they, um, I, I, the teacher is doing a great job with her, but I can, I see it in myself when I'm a teacher, you kind of have some kids that, you know, you check on them and they're very polite and then you kind of move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where she's at. So teaching her um, how to read and do all that stuff and gaining her confidence in that, man, that, that's been, that's been a blast, man. I never had a chance. And now, you know, I don't have any boys. And so now I get how a lot of the coaches that have sons say that the greatest enjoyment is coaching your sons. And I worked with Coach Wacker, and he got to coach three of his sons. And he said it's just something you can't explain. Yeah. And so I guess I'm getting a kind of taste of it by teaching them just academic stuff at home. It's, it's pretty cool, man. Uh, and I, I take enjoyment in that. Man, and you know what? That's awesome because, you know, it's just like the things that we do, you know, as coaches. You know, there's always a positive. You know, even in the losses that we take in games and stuff like that, there's always a positive. And this is, that's, you know, that's a huge positive, you know, to be able to turn around and, and spend more time with family, you know, or whatever might be the case, you know. So that's a, that's a great thing. That's a, that's a great way of learning, you know, and the things that we do because there's, there's always a positive that come out of this, you know. I got the best looking yard in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. you know, during the school year and the, and the season, you might not have a chance to work on those kind of things, huh? <laughs> this whole uh, COVID situation it's kind of forced us all uh, to slow down and like you said get to spend more time at home with the family uh, uh, like you said my, my wife I'm probably driving everybody at home crazy uh, <laughs> being home this much right um, but it's a blessing it's, it truly is because as coaches I don't think people fully grasp how many hours we put in and, and, and uh, they think basketball season ends and it's over but Really, that's when the work begins, and then you're working through the summer. And so um, for us to be able to slow down and spend time with the family, I think it's been huge. That's a good point, Steve. Yeah, it's it's been a blessing, man, and that's uh, just got to keep on rolling, man. Keep on rolling. And, and stuff like this, you know, Coach Alvarado, it gives us a chance to kind of get back to, to talk to some adults, you know, and, and talk to them about things that we love and we're passionate about. Sure. And so it's it's awesome, man. I I didn't watch the, those uh 
those ones you sent to me. I didn't want to get some anxiety that, that <laughs> y'all's conversations were so good that, you know, I was going to lay an egg over here. So I'm going to watch the pastor do this. <laughs> what I've learned so far through these things is, I mean, everybody's got different perspective and a different uh, influences in their life and got a different story to tell. So, I mean, it doesn't matter what you say. It's, to me, I'm going to be as entertained as, as can be. I mean, uh, you know, we had Coach Martinez and Coach uh, Bernal telling their stories, and, and then you had Gardner and Clark talking about the state uh, tournament taken away, and then you have Brewer and Vela who who played each other a million times and talk about some of the war stories. I mean, uh, it's just been a, been a blast. And so it doesn't matter what you talk about, Steve. I'm gonna enjoy it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but let's let's talk about let's talk about your childhood a little bit. Just growing up. Now, what was it like for you guys? Everybody has a different upbringing. Um, maybe along the way, some influences that kind of guided you down this uh, career path. Yeah, you know, I was fortunate enough to, you know, and, and that's the, the crazy part about, you know, things nowadays. You know, you, you consider yourself fortunate if you, you go home, you know, to a mom and a dad, you know, and, and I was fortunate. I was a military brat, you know, I was uh, my dad got stationed in, at Randolph when he was basically finishing up, you know, his Air Force career. So I, you know, I, I've been in this area for a long time, you know, I, I've enjoyed it, you know, and I've seen it grow and uh, it, it's definitely grown, you know, but uh, it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a good time. It really has, you know, I went up and I actually graduated at Clemens High School you know? <laughs> and uh, yeah, but uh, it, it's been a good time. I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of the changes, you know, and like I said, I've been fortunate, you know, being in a in a military type family, you know, so I can feel for that, you know, that, that, that area is still around here as far as, you know, we get a lot of military brats and everything at steel. Right. And, uh, it, it's, it's, it's great to see, you know, it, it has some, it has some base and some foundation to, you know, and then going up through, you know, college and everything, basically staying in the area, you see a, you see a lot of, uh, you see a lot of things develop and you see a lot of things grow. You see a lot of changes and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, as for, as for a general area, you know, I, I, I love the area. I think we have a, a good group, you know, and I think, uh, I think it's a great bunch of uh, coaches that we actually coach with. The fraternity here is, uh, is nice, you know, and I think, uh, I think we're earning the respect that a lot of times we may not get, you know, from, you know, the, the Dallas and the Houston area and everything because, you know, they've got – they do. They have tons and tons of athletes, you know, but I think we do a great job with the athletes that we have. And, uh, you know, I think we're making making some noise in the last few years. I think we have, and we've been so close. You know, you got some schools, you know, like, you know, Widener has been in the state championship. You know, Brandeis had a real good this year. year this year, Cole's done really well, you know. So I think we're, uh, you know, making a name for ourselves. But uh, as far as childhood and everything, I, I can't complain at all because, you know, being a, you know, military brat, like I said, and, and going home to a mom and a dad every single night, you know, is uh, is fortunate. You know, we're one of those families, and I ask my class this all the time, you know, uh, how many of y'all go home and you, you eat dinner together, you know, and, and there's, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of hands that go up, you know, and I think that that's a lost art because the, uh, you know, teaching the class that I teach communications, you know, you, you see a lack of that now, you For know, sure. and, you know, going home and eating at the dinner table, is, is a time to be able to communicate. Unfortunately, there's times, and I guarantee you, I have students that go home and they may say one or two words to their parents that night, if anything, or if they even see them, you know? So, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a fortunate time and it's an unfortunate time because sometimes stuff like that's kind of thrown out the window, you know, the communication aspect, you know, and I, I try to use that all the time, you know, as far as us on the basketball court, communication is huge. 
Yes, you know, when you're talking on defense, you're talking so much, and you even on offense. You know, it, it's a it's a lost art. You know, so uh, I was I was fortunate enough to be brought up, and you know, my dad went to night school. You know, uh, toward the toward the end, and uh, you know, I used to I used we used to wait till he got home. We'd eat dinner at nine o'clock, you know, ten o'clock at night. You know, which is crazy, it, and it's yeah. a habit that I have to this day. I won't eat dinner till like ten thirty. Yeah. You know, at night, you know, it's just a habit that I had, you know, even at six o'clock, man, I'll be hungry at 10, <laughs> you know, so it's, uh, it's my, my childhood. I've been fortunate. I'll say this just to add to that. When I was a kid, uh, my dad was, was a pretty strict guy, um, but he, he, they always made it a point that, that we eat dinner together at the table. And, and I thought that was huge, you know, um, even growing up in, in a rougher neighborhood, it's, he made sure that we were home and we were all together eating at a certain time. And, and that, that goes a long way. And you don't realize it as a kid. As a kid, you're like, ah, whatever. But, yep. but oh, yeah. as an adult, you realize, you know, what that was instilling in you. Mm-hmm. Steve? Yeah. yeah, well, I had a question for Coach Hub, man. Uh, is that gym still the same one at Clemens? Man, they just got rid of it. It was just that it was, it was that one. It's probably two years ago. Uh-huh. They, they took it down, you know. When they put the new gym up over there, then they that changed it out, man. But they uh, well, they haven't been that way. Area, man. You know the yes. one I'm talking about, right? With yes. the wooden, the wooden. Yes, thing. yes, that was it. It's like the parquet <laughs> floor. <laughs> <laughs> man, I wrote that down, man. I was like, dude, is that the same gym? I, <laughs> hey, I just had a quick one, uh, Coach Up. Can you just talk about that Woodlake staff? Man, that, man, that's uh, that's, that's awesome. I thought about that the other night, man. It's you know, you always have like y'all were talking about before. You always have influences, mm-hmm. and, and I was fortunate enough and uh, graduated from college in two thousand. I got a job at Woodlake in two thousand and one in January. Got fortunate enough halfway through the year and get the job, but uh, ended up going there to a staff that ends up now being it's like an all star staff. It was a uh, it was really a great time, you know the the guy that ran the whole place was named Coach Baker. Um, and he's, uh, he's up, he's retired now up in the Dallas area with his you know, kids and family in the area. And I couldn't have been with a better person to start things off. You know, when I first got there, no lie. When I first got there, I was like, cause I mean, you talking about demanding coach Baker, you know, and, and then there's a, and we'll talk about him and there's coach Danaher, uh, coach Mendoza, you know, all the guys that right now they're over there with at veterans with Steve right. and, uh, those two guys, uh, Coach Mulder, who's over at Clemens, you know, uh, a great bunch of guys that have done really well for themselves. But uh, I can tell you right now, in the first week that I was there, holy smokes, Coach, they were so, they were so, like, it seemed like arrogant and demanding. I was like, in a week's time, I'm like, man, I'm not sure I can do this. <laughs> they're crazy. You know, they're just, they're just real adamant, you know, about stuff. But, you know, I, I, can't, I would not trade it for the world. You know, and then the very next year uh, – very next year, Coach Danaher, not Coach Danaher, but Coach Signs came along. The guys, you know, the head coach of, you know, football and athletic coordinator still. And he came along. So uh, we learned we learned a ton. And we really did, you know, in, in the things that they did, you know, and, and how you handle the kids. Um, real, real, real uh, structured. And you really had the things, you know, kind of just, you know, step by step. This is how you should handle it. Because, I mean, even in PE, I mean, we literally – I would – we had some of the best PE classes, which is crazy because a lot of people don't take a, a lot of pride in PE just roll the ball out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, man, we would have those – we'd have 60 kids in a class and literally have the kids lined up 
and we would just go to the first person in the line and say, okay, who's, who's absent, who's absent, who's absent. And we're done with rolling about 15 seconds just by asking those. We did jumping jacks all together, had to start and stop at the same time. If we didn't, then we had to start all over again. But it was real, mm-hmm. real, real military-like and structured-like. But, uh, you know, it, it's stuff that I wouldn't pass up. I tell people all the time, I, you know, at first I thought Coach Bake was, I'm like, just real arrogant. But, man, there's so many things that I, I took from the way he did things. You know, I would not have rather started – under anybody, you know, ever. And then that whole, the whole Judson experience, honestly, was really good because that's when Coach Pettis and everything, I, you know, I met all those guys over there. So, I, you know, it, being a person that graduated from Clemens and then realizing, you know, I had to do my, uh, my student teaching and everything in the Judson district. And then, sure enough, I got a job in the Judson district. That's the last thing that I wanted being a person yeah. that graduated from Clemens. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, uh, I was, I was that guy. I was that guy come 2001. Whoop, whoop, you know, right? <laughs> <Just, laughs> well, at least it wasn't Roosevelt, man. That was, that, that would have been tough. Cause that, that was really the guys that we, we had it out for man. when I was in school. <laughs> but, no, I just, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that, man, because you know, I, I didn't even realize that when you started, you had all those guys. I forgot it, that you had Mulder on the staff, and I knew Richard was there. I didn't know if y'all were there at the exact same time, and I knew you were there with David, and then I know you had another uh, student teacher. I can't remember his name. I think it was Mike <laughs> Gonzalez. <laughs> Man, I, yeah, I, you know, that's, you know as, far as, as far as great times, you know, I yeah. will tell you, that's probably the story that I tell the most as far as flat-out fun. I'm sure Mike's told you. Yeah, I want yeah. to tell Coach, Ra- Coach Ra- Alvarado, you're going to love this. But uh, Gonzalez, Mike Gonzalez, his assistant, had just gotten there as a student teacher and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, and those, the schools, not, you know, not the newest. It was fairly new, but we had to crank up the baskets. It wasn't a push a button or anything like that. So we, we had a crank. You know, but we also had a big drill that we used, you know. So, but we had both. This case, the drill was, you know, doing something else. And sure enough, I told, uh, I told Coach Gonzalez, I said, man, uh, yeah, we got to get the baskets up over there. He's just like, he's like, oh, okay. I said, here's the crank. So I went and I let him go out there and I let him, he must have been cranking for darn 10 minutes, you know, trying to get that one basket up. And then his back was turned. So I got to the basket behind him and I had the drill. So he's cranking it up, you know, sweating. And next thing you hear is, <laughs> he turned around. <laughs> he was like, "What?" I'm like, "Man, my bad. I forgot we had a drill for this." <laughs> Breaking them in, just initiating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, now my question was: Was Mike was Mike wearing these uh, colorful pants at the time when he was doing it? <laughs> <laughs> I love working a hard time. It's, uh, yeah, man. But that's why I just thought. You know, I know how big of an influence that was and, and all that stuff. So I, I thought I had to hit you up with that wood leg stamp. <laughs> you know, no. that oh, that's was, good. That's good stuff. Did you ask Mikey about that day, Steve, about him cranking the backboard? Has he talked about it? Well, yeah, we've talked about it probably two or three times, man. It's, it's, it's a good one, man. It's a good one. Yeah, but, uh, you know, hey, I just kind of want to get the same thing. Um, you know, talking about growing up, man, and, and influences, uh, kind of similar. You know, uh, Coach, uh, my my dad was – he grew up here on, in the west side of San Antonio, and then he moved up with his mom. I guess his dad passed real early, and he moved up north and uh, with his stepdad and my grandpa that I knew of. And, um, and he moved to New York, and then eventually he joins the military 
and he did 26 years in the Air Force. So kind of the same upbringing where, you know, you try to go to bed early, try to get up early and do stuff, even though I wasn't a very uh, listening teenager at times. But, uh, you know, kind of the same thing. And that's how we ended up back over here is uh, he retired in Missouri. Like I moved around a bunch, you know, but I got out, landed here in Converse in a first or second grade, you know, and has been, been here ever since. And, um, and so it's kind of been the same thing. Went to Judson, did all that stuff and, uh, and, and played for coach Wacker, you know, and, and, you know, that, that was a big influence, you know, and I, I guess I don't want to cut off my parents as being such a great influence because they were, um, when he made a comment to me, you know, um, this was when I went into the business world, you know, I went to UTSA, I uh, played at Judson, like I said, and biggest mistake I ever made was not taking a, I was offered a chance to go to Trinity, you know, academic and play ball. And, you know, I didn't do it. And I really, I remember going on campus and thinking, looking around and I was like, you know, seeing all those nice cars and all that stuff. And I was like, man, I really don't know about this type of place. And so uh, one of my older brothers, he had a, a baseball scholarship. You know, my dad told me in high school, he could throw a 90 mile per hour fastball, 90 something. Um, and he was offered and he didn't go. And so I'm thinking like, well, maybe that's, you know, I'll just go into whatever, you know, and just go into the business world. And so I got an accounting degree and I did accounting for a couple of years. And, and then I realized, you know, I just didn't want to do it. And so I got alternative certified and went into, um, went into uh, teaching and coaching. You know, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And so first job is at a uh, Kirby middle school, um, I had an opportunity when uh, Hub was still at a uh, Wood Lake with Dan Hur and all those guys, and so it, it was just fun. And, and didn't get to know Baker, but uh, just heard so many good things about him. Um, and and man, y'all's teams performed. Goodness gracious, dude! Uh, I think I remember one time it was fifty-two to zero in the A game, <laughs> and uh, fifty to six in the B team football game, and. Uh, and and to go, you know, it was just, it was just a drumming, man. And, and it was nothing fancy. I'm not sure if the ball was in the air longer than however long it took to pitch the ball to your running back. I mean, it was <laughs> straight downhill. Right? <laughs> and that's the worst thing, man. You're sitting there trying to bark up, you know, this and that. Your, your linebackers are on their face because they've been cut. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those things where you're looking at the clock and, you know, you're out of any type of adjustments you've got. You know, you're, you're, there is no such thing as a second straight right back <laughs> in middle school. <laughs> you know, that, that kid's probably got his helmet on backwards. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, that first job's at Kirby, and, and I got to work with Coach Brimer. I, um, you know, he was hard-nosed. You, you knew him. Um, he learned under Baker, you know, um, and, and he, he, was, he was tough, uh, but, you know, was good, good tough. You know, and, and then I had the chance to work with David, who had come over from Woodlake, um, and, and I, I took away from his organization. You know, he always kept a um, a binder of of stuff, and, and he would always just add stuff to it. You know, and, and I would notice that little thing, and that's one of the things that I, I constantly and still working on is trying to get organized. You know, Coach Gonzalez is really organized, and and so that's you know one of those things that I'm constantly trying to work on. But um, you know, David's quiet. You know, and you know, I don't think during the whole football season he said more than two or three words to me. Not in a bad way. He just 
he was he that's just his personality and then um came come basketball season uh coach Brimer told coach science hey I want you to do the A team eighth grade A team and David's uh, told me this story later on. Uh, told Coach Brimer, no, Steve needs to do it because he wants to be a head basketball coach. And the only way he's going to learn is by doing it. Yes. And so not even really, like I said, talking to him very much, you know, he was looking out for me. And he had that vision, you know, just such a good person. And, um, you know, and we bonded, man, so much um, – at, during that basketball season you know good times man just you know how it is just yeah, and, and that's what thing man I I don't know coach Alvarado I guess uh, uh if you had a chance to coach at the middle school yep. level but uh did, did you get a chance coach Alvarado yes sir I started at the middle school uh yeah. was out of my comfort zone with football but I did did as best as I could and I had some guys that trusted me with the, with the program, so I did the A-team, seventh graders, which was positive. And one thing I was – I didn't realize that both of you started at the middle schools. And so I guess if, if you had some advice for, for coaches who, who aspire to be head basketball coaches at the varsity level, which you guys both work at big schools and, and outstanding programs, uh, what, what would be something you'd want to tell younger coaches that are maybe at the middle school now but, but are – thinking down the road they do want to do that you know because sometimes coaches feel like they're stuck at the middle schools and it doesn't always have to be the case right yeah that, and that's what um I kind of was alluding to man if and, and it all starts at different places for people but like you said you know you start with football you know the state of Texas and so you you did your best and and that I think working those years of football I know Coach Hub, I believe you still help out in the program um, over there at Steele, if I'm if I'm correct. But um, you know, it, it teaches you a lot about discipline, um, getting out there, and, and you really got to have a, a great plan when you're dealing with so many numbers. Yeah. You know, um, and and it's just the amount of time you got to put in with just patting kids up and and doing all that stuff, and then. And then you got to get out of your comfort zone because a lot of us, like you said, want to be a head coach. Well, of course, you're comfortable in basketball. But then you find yourself doing football. You find yourself doing track. I mean, I got stuck with the distance runners, uh, hurdlers, um, and I had no clue, you know. But it, it, it adds to your tool, you know, your tool belt, toolbox, whatever you want to say. And, and, you know, it was quite an experience. You know, I, I, don't, I, uh, I don't think we would have been here without it without because it gives you – an idea of where it starts at mm -hmm. and you know, your expectations for a seventh and eighth grader. And then you get to kind of see the evolution from them from seventh grade to when they graduate. And, and so there, there it was um, at Kirby middle school. And then, uh, and that's where I was going to go back to kind of one of the influences. I remember coach Wacker was at Kirby middle school to give a speech. Uh, I think back then it was tax or tack or I don't know. Or, whatever the state assessment was, um, toss or whatever it is. And um, he's there to give a speech. And, man, he, he goes into full whacker mode. Man, that guy's <laughs> fired up, dude. And uh, those kids probably are thinking, like, who is this six-foot-nine giant screaming at me right now? <laughs> and, uh, and when it's over, he comes and talks to me. And some kid walks up, and, and he's wants to, he goes, I just want to shake your hand. You're the tallest guy I've ever seen. And, uh, and he goes, well, uh, thank you, you know, and he says that and he walks off. And I made just some comment like, man, if that kid could just figure it out, he'd, he'd have a chance. And Coach Wacker stopped me right there and goes, Steve, 
he doesn't have your parents. And, and I still remember that to this day, you know, um, where, you know, he, he, he said, you know, you had two parents that cared about you. They had a plan and, and they raised you the right way. You don't know what he's living with. And so you have to be his parent. And so every kid just needs an opportunity. Yep. And I, um, I remember that. And so speaking about that, that was a big influence. And then uh, going to Brack uh, was, was a good experience. Coach Huey did a good job. Uh, his, uh, his method was way different. You know, it gave me an opportunity to work with somebody that was a, a lot different than what I was w used to with that Judson. Um, but it was a different clientele, man. It's very, very, uh, very tough, tough neighborhoods, you know, and we, we all can relate to, you know, different environments that we've been in and, and the type of kid that comes with it. And, and they're all great kids, man. They all, you know, once you've had a chance to kind of work at different schools, mm -hmm. you start to realize that they're, they're all the same, man. Um, there, there's different variables, but, um, but it was great. And, and coach Huey was tough, man. He was straight up in their face. Um, but, uh, then, uh, then went to, uh, to Judson, worked with coach Wacker, went back to, uh, Brackenridge with, uh, Coach Isaac and um, good staff there, man. Coach Slattery did a good job. Mm -hmm. um, Coach Hall has been awesome. You know, oh, there's so many guys there. Coach for a good person, and then got a chance to meet up with a whole bunch of Judson guys on the uh, on the veteran staff. So that's that's kind of the story of of where I came from and how how I'm sitting where I'm at now. I will tell you that uh, you and uh, Coach Signs almost gave me the worst loss of my basketball career. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that game because <laughs> uh, we came in there at Woodlake and just loaded and just mauling people. And Signs had just left, you know, Woodlake. And, you know, we talked a lot. He's like, you're right, he's a football guy. You know, he'll coach his face off in basketball, but he's not really a basketball guy. So mm -hmm. when he went, I'm like, man, I told him flat out, there's no way you're beating us. And, and man, y'all had us for like three quarters, and I'm like, I had, I was like, this ain't happening. <laughs> but y'all had us, man. It was, it was, it was a great time. Yeah, it was a good game, man. And I think that's also the eighth grade year where Jordan Clarkson and uh, Roperson were at Metzger. Mm -hmm. and so, dude, it was, it was some good basketball being played. Yep. Little did we know those guys would end up in the NBA, man. Yep. Yeah, and, and going back to your. Uh, Middle school, you know, I'll tell guys now that if you have the opportunity to start somewhere, that's where you start mm -hmm. because you, you lay in the foundation. You know, you, you have a you have a much better appreciation for the job that you end up doing at the high school. You know, if you go through and do the steps at the middle school, mm -hmm. you know, uh, there's no you know, you have to coach. You coach football, you coach basketball, you coach track. Yes, OK, you, you learn a whole lot of that stuff. You know, I, I remember I mean, you talking about breaking it down. The kids don't know. You know, it's talking about doing the little things, you know, sometimes we get kids, you know, in the high school level and we tell them to run this, do this. And they don't know how, you know, hey, go set a screen. How you set a screen? You know, what do you do? How do you set up the screen? What do you mean set up a screen? They don't, they never taught that because it's assumed that they know it. You right. know, when you get to the middle school level, that's when, that's when that stuff is taught, you know, so you're hoping, you know, so it gives you a better appreciation of that. I can remember flat out, you know, <laughs> telling the kids, okay, put your, you know, all your pads on and all that stuff, man. I had a kid running out to the football field. He's ready to go, but his tailbone pad was in the front. <laughs> I was supposed to cover something else. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, but it's my fault because I never taught them, you know. Yeah. So, no, it, yeah. you do. You lay the foundation right there. It's, it's, it's a great thing, you know. And, and as far as us, 
you know, I think that's a great thing about what we do because when I, even when I was at Woodlake, um, I was told to coach track and I was told to coach pole vault. Ooh. And of course I was like, I was like, okay, yes, sir. Yes. Got it. Got it. I'm like, I have no idea yeah. what to do with over, but you know, I go home, I check it out, but you know, that's, that's the thing about it. Coaches coach. For sure. You know, that's what they do, you know? And so it's just a matter of, you know, whatever you're put in front of you, that's what you do. You coaches coach. Yes, sir. And I think like in middle school, well, my biggest takeaway was when I was doing something, I, like you said, I didn't know very well, like pole vault. So when I did football or I did track, um, I didn't know the, the, the least, right? So studying it and then learning how to coach it to where the kids understand it. You just, you just kind of learn how to coach things. And then those are the kind of things that have helped along the way, you know, learning how to take this message and get this kid to understand what I want them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. it, it's gone a long way. And like I said, uh, you can see it in both of you guys. It's, it's helped a lot. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, like Steve, uh, how long you been at Vets as a head coach? Um, four years. Uh, th- this was our fourth year. Um, and, and so it's been, you know, uh, I guess I compare it to when you get married and then if you have a, a child or something, you, you always think you're ready until you're there. And then you're like, man, I'm not sure if I'm ready. And, you know, I remember talking to, uh, telling Coach Wacker, hey, I'm getting married. An hour and a half later, after I told him that, he talked to me about being a husband. And, and then you're standing there and, and you get married and like, man, I don't know if I'm to be a husband, but they figured out. And then, uh, and then you know, you find out, hey, wife's pregnant. You know, and I, uh, I don't know anything about being a dad. Well, you, you figure it out. And then, you know, you, you prep and you got all these mentors and, and you do everything you can. You take all these notes and then you walk into the door and, and you're the man. You know, uh, the good thing about it is I've had Coach Gonzalez there with me, uh, you know, and he, he talks to me about, hey, you know, th- these are some of the things that I did that worked for me, some of the things I did that did not work for me. Um, you know, I've, uh, I've learned a lot, man. Uh, it, it's, it's been fun. I, I tell you what, it, it's a great experience. You know, we have a very good staff uh, just, you know, from Coach Mendoza down. Um, but, you know, I, I think uh, – uh, you know, the, the biggest thing that I've taken away from this is culture. Um, you know, I felt like we were moving in the right direction. Um, the first year was kind of, you know, taking the blinders off and, you know, uh, but l- fortunately we were JV and, um, you know, and we're just getting after it. And, and it felt kind of the same, you know, I, I've, I've been a JV coach, you know, and then that next year we went varsity a year earlier than expected. Um, and, uh, and it was, it was fun, man. It was interesting. Eyes wide open, man. Uh, coach Rocky used to talk to me about, Hey, this seat right here, this is the hot seat. This is the head coach. This guy right here sitting next to me. It's a little bit warmer. This guy I usually listen to is JV guy. And then that seat over there is the freshman A team coach. And that idea usually goes through JV guy before it gets to me. And, and so that it was fun, man. I, I talked to coach uh, Gonzalez about that and I had a real good freshman coach as I do now. Um, Lawrence Bailey, who's now up in Austin area. And, and so it was a real good experience, uh, a little bit young, but, uh, but I thought we were building a culture in the right direction, uh, did some character classes and, and, and did some real hard work and the kids were responding well. Um, and then uh, that next year, um, I thought again, our culture was good. Um, 
and and then this is where I think uh, what I'm trying to allude to is I felt like this year I did not quite have the the culture down as well as I wanted to. You know, when you finish your season, you you always reflect and say, you know, uh, did this team reach uh, its potential? Did it get as far as it could go? And, and come down to it, man, we were seven and seven. I mean, everyone knows uh, we were in the same district. Um, we were seven and seven. If we win our last two games, we have a great – I mean, it, it was at least end up in a playoff game or in, in the playoffs straight up. And we didn't come through with it. And so, you know, I, I got out of that, and, and we were right there. And, and I read something. I'm reading a book beyond the game, and that's what I had – matter of fact, I talked to Coach Hub. Um, probably less than a week ago, asking him what is he doing with his kids, and that'll be another conversation, I guess, in a little while. But um, it talked about teams with discipline win in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and you know, I it just hit me again. I already knew it. I already knew that the culture wasn't as good as it should have been this year. Um, and, and I I look back, and I had a young team coming into this year. I started a sophomore, three juniors, and one senior. And, um, and I didn't do any character classes. This is the first time in my 15 years of coaching I didn't do a character class. I skipped right over it, and it's – I mean, I just I, – it's so obvious. And, and I just went straight to skill work. Um, and then in that book, you know, it read about, um, you know, teams don't lose because of lack of skill, you know, for the most part. Because you can make – people who are not as skilled be better when they have been, when they have discipline, when they're hardworking, when they have great character, when they love their teammates, when they care about winning or losing. Mm-hmm. And, and so those were some of the things that I'm, I've got on my laptop right now that I'm still working on. And um, that, that's what I've taken away from my four years here is I, I, I was, I thought we were moving in the right direction. I know we were moving in the right direction. Uh, the first three years, uh, culture-wise, it's just last year I, I dropped the ball on it. And um, this whole offseason right now, because of the situation we're in, is um, breaking down this book, and it's straight-up character class. Uh, and that's what, when I Zoom with the kids on Wednesday. That's, uh, I talk a lot about the character class in there. And, and, and of course, some basketball, but it, it's mainly character. That's, so that's kind of in my experience. You know, just, uh, just kudos to you, right? I mean – as a coach, being able to look at yourself in the mirror and reflect and say, you know what, I could have done this. And I kind of – maybe we dropped the ball here or there. Um, you know, that's, that's how coaches get better, right, when, when they can acknowledge that that maybe we, we could have done better in this area. So that's much respect to you, Steve, for that. Coach Hubbard, uh, things at Steel, how long have you been there? I've uh, been at Steel, it's the 06, 07, so it's been oof, 15 I guess years. Uh, this is my. This will be my. It's been nine years already as a head coach, but uh, this will be my tenth coming up. And uh, it's you know it's just in a lot of stuff that you know Steve said pertains. But uh, it's it was it was a culture change for us. You know when we took over. You know we took over a team. You know and uh, six and twenty seven. I believe the record was. You know whenever uh, I was JV coach and uh, my. My assistant, Coach Herrera, was a freshman coach, and uh, we were just not very good, you know. And, you know, but we, to me, to me, you know, and Coach Herrera for that matter, we thought we had, you know, the nucleus for it. In other words, the kids and uh, just weren't performing, you know. A big culture change for us 
was we just had to make basketball important. You know, there's, you know, I'll never forget, you know, we, uh, fifth period, it was fourth period back then is when athletics was. And that's when football and basketball both have their athletic period. And whether you're in class or whatever, you see people sprinting through the hallways, you know, to get the athletics and it's the football guys, you know, and uh, the basketball guys are, you know, basically in the chill walk, you know? And so to me, it's like, that's, that's, you know, but that's, that's, that's what we did then. And uh, it was accepted. You know, that's one of the things that we had to change. You know, I, you know, one of the first things I asked him is, is football more important, you know, than basketball? And, of course, the kids are, like, saying no, no, no. Then why is it they sprint by you guys as you guys get in your chill walk and you're trying to get to athletics? Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, little things like that, which we had to change. And we had to make it to where they, they believed in themselves, you know. And it took uh, – we were actually – we were fortunate. You know, our uh, our very first year, 11-12, we uh, – turned around and, and got in the playoffs in the last last minute play in game with New Braunfels and ended up beating them at the buzzer, you know, to get in the playoffs, you know. So that was a that was a huge point for us because, you know, you take a team that had no confidence, you know, and won six games the previous year and then you turn around and get in the playoffs, you know, and that was that was that was it for us, you know, and it really was it for us because after that we got blown up by like 30 by Churchill, who was really good in the first round. <laughs> but uh, it was it was a great time just to just to get into the playoffs, you know. But you know the culture was changing, and you know, and then things became important, and then, then uh, you know, the rest is history. Twelve thirteen, we got in there and uh, we started a little bit slow, you know, which we tend to do, but we we finished strong, and the next thing you know, we're we're in the final four, you know, in a state tournament in our in our second year. You know, but it, the, the biggest thing was uh, just the, the culture change, you know. And from that point on, hey, now we just went to the state tournament. Now everybody wants to be playing basketball still. Now it's important, you know. So uh, that's where, you know, it, it's – but, you know, the thing, complacency sets in a lot of times. You know, even after our 12, 13 year, you know, we just went to state. And then, you know, you figure the next year we had a decent amount of guys coming back. But we, we got complacent. You know, we just thought we're, you know, okay, we're this good. You know, you to me, and we kind of did it this year, to be honest with you. You know, uh, we stayed, you know, last year. But this year we weren't as good. We got in playoffs and everything, lost. But uh, complacency sets in, and then you're not hungry. You know, you, you, you've got to be the hunter and not the hunted. And it doesn't matter what you've done. You've got to figure out a way to stay hungry. And that's where – you know, I think that we, we lacked a little bit this year is that is that the hunger, you know, and, and you know, the development. We did a lot of the same things. But, you know, even even guys, you always have to have leaders on your team, you know, that do the things that, you know, you maybe not don't even see. You know, you got you got four or six eyes, you know, looking around as coaches. But when you got tons and tons of eyes of, you know, it's always great to have that athlete that's going to get on those other. I always say there's got to be a jerk in the group. Mm-hmm. you know, and there does, there's always got to be a jerk in the group. And, you know, you may think that that person, God, that guy's such a jerk. He's not a jerk. He's going to be your friend later on. Cause you're going to realize what he did for you now, you know, and that's going to help you later on, you know? So, uh, you know, it's, it, we've been fortunate. We've had, we've had great kids, you know, and, uh, getting those kids to, to do the right things and, uh, accept what's important, you know, whether it be the grades and, and, and all that stuff has is, is been the biggest challenge. You know, the, the biggest challenge for us is to win a mental game mm-hmm. because we, we're going to have athletes. We have athletes, you know, they just, they just come through the doors. We have athletes. It's just a matter of getting those guys 
to do the right things and work hard, you know, and that's a whole lot harder than people, you know, realize, you know, you, you had guys in the NBA, you know, I can't remember the guy, Del Harris, that went to the Lakers and coached those guys when they had Gary Payton, Carl Malone, supposed to be the squad, you know, and things didn't work out so well. You know, you got, you know, guys like Phil Jackson that come in there and take a whole bunch of studs, but he's able to make them do the right things, you know. So that's something that, you know, that we have to uh, understand that we've, we've got to win that mental game or it doesn't matter what kind of talent you have. You know, I'll take a mentally strong team and I'll like our chances versus just a simply athletic team that's not going to work hard. Absolutely. And Coach Bettis, I mean, things that you've learned as far as culture, I mean, what, what, are, what are some of the more important things that you think uh, moving forward, right, to make sure we, we implement those things? Yeah, well, that's what uh, – for, for culture, man, that's what – when I'm looking at this is, uh, is this is our plan. We're going to break it down into five, five uh, I guess, five societal issues. Um, we're going to talk about peer pressure, and, and these are things that – I'm on week six of it right now. And so then when, when I'm done with it, I'm, we're basically making up a contract. And so that way our culture is, you know, uh, is based on positive peer pressure, um, being respectful, um, entitlement, you know, earn everything every day, um, accountability. And, and I think that's what uh, that to me is the one that I'm going to highlight the most is accountability. Um, is the fact that you've been given a task and uh, and we want you to do it, you know? And, and this Google Classroom thing has, has been great because, I mean, it's right there in front of me, uh, uh, showing whether you've done your character responses or not. Yeah. You know, to uh, type up a little Google form, and, and so those are the type of things that I'm going to hit on. Is big is on your accountability, um, knowing that you're doing what you need to do, and then character, and um, and those are the five the five things that we're going to hammer out as our um, as our culture. You know, you're gonna you're gonna be strong in these five areas. And those are and that's what uh, setting goals. You know, um, that was the assignment this week was you had to set two specific goals, and then you had to have three steps uh, to achieving those goals. And that's the blueprint. Like I am specifically, if you want to do better in class, uh, that doesn't mean just study hard. What does that mean? That means, okay, I'm going to sit in the first two rows of the classroom. Um, I'm going to have my supplies every single day, and I'm going to take notes. You know, so it had to be something specific. You know, uh, I want to uh, be better. You know, I want to be a better basketball player. Okay, so what do you need to do? I need to work on finishing at the rim. I need to work on my ball handling. You know, I need to condition better. You know, so, so those are like, well, what are you going to do to condition better? Okay, so now it's really teaching kids how to set goals. And um, so, so that's kind of what we're doing because at the end of it, it's about knowing yourself and then knowing what you can and you cannot do and how you fit into the team. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's kind of our end game. And, um, and, and that's what's going to be week nine of, of the program is um, now that we know ourselves, and, and I was talking with Coach Gonzalez with this, is – um, last week it was peer pressure and disrespect. Uh, this week it's entitlement and accountability. The uh, next week it'll be character and home life. Um, and we're, we're hitting it so hard. Just those two words is now they know the definition of the word. Mm-hmm. Like if I walk into the gym and I say, Hey man, you're acting like you're entitled to something. 
Well, before we did this, they didn't even know what the word meant. Yeah. Like, if I say, hey, man, you think, are you accountable? I mean, they've heard it, but they don't know the definition of it. And so those are the things where we're breaking it down and you truly have to give me a definition of what it is and then give me some examples of your life. Um, and so I provided some things for them. Um, and, and I gave them an example. I said, you know, tell me who you are. And so, you know, a good thing about it is, is it made me write something down. And I, I said, I'm a man that will give today the best effort it deserves. I will do what needs to be done for my wife and kids today. I will meet every responsibility of my job using my faith and my past experiences to guide my actions. And so I put that into the question. And I said, you know, tell me who you are. And, and I put that down as an example of core values. Uh, I gave them an example. I'm honest, fair, consistent. There will be respect and I will be thought out. And I said, tell me what your core values are. Um, and, and so those are the type of questions that they face this week. And it's pretty cool because you see people that, that they struggle with it and you see some kids that are just knocking it out of the water and it, they're right. Both of them are just as right as the other person, mm -hmm. because if they're struggling with it, that's just where they're at right now. Yeah. And, and it's our job to show them how to do it. And, and it was cool. Coach Hub, uh, if you don't mind, um, I called him and just asked him, what is he doing with his kids? And he said, well, I'm, I'm doing a what, coaching Coach changes lives. Changes lives. And, dude, I called Coach Mendoza and said, hey, can you give me all those lessons? And <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going to do next. But can you kind of talk about, you know, what, uh, what you're doing with them? Yeah, it's, uh, it's you know, that's it. What you were saying all kind of goes back to our, our last week. Last week we were dealing with attitude, you know, and those are all like the key words, you know, the attitude, the character this week for us. But last week on the uh, attitude kind of fits in with uh, the way we are in society today. It, it was a story about the uh, Arabian horse, and you guys probably probably heard that, you know, where you the guy trains an Arabian horse, you know, a, a hundred of them. And uh, long story short, he takes them out in the desert after he's trained them all, <clears throat> and he'd already trained them all to respond to the little trumpet sound that he makes, you know, with the trumpet, you know. So the, the horses get taken to the desert. They're thirsty. They, they see some water in the distance, you know, and they haven't had water in a long time. So he opens up their corral and they go flying out the, you know, the gates and they're running toward the water. And he waits till they're about, you know, a good hundred feet from the doggone water and blows a trumpet. And, and one of those horses came back. And that's how they created the uh, Arabian strain of horses from that horse, you know, which is, you know, obviously, you know, some of the better horses, you know, around. But to me, that's like what we're doing right now is – you know, no one, no one, you know, could have predicted this virus coming along. And right now it's the same type of thing. We let them all go. You know, our kids are out there. Now who's going to respond to the way you're supposed to do things? He's, who's going to respond to the lessons and everything that we're putting out there for them? You know, so it's, it's, it's real, it's real similar, you know, how you let them go, you know, but we didn't do it on purpose. We let them go, but who's going to react to the way things are supposed to be? You know, I tell the kids all the time, you guys can all pass the paper test. I ask you a question and you guys got an answer. But do you do it? Mm -hmm. You know, do you, do you show it? You know, everybody can tell me what I want to hear, but can you show me what I want to see? You know, that's a, that's, that's a big thing for us. But yeah, we're doing the same type of thing, you know, whether it be a, we're just, and the, the main part of it is for us right now is we want, we want to interact mm -hmm. with our kids. You know, we don't want it to be where, 
you know, we hear this kid's doing something, you know, that we didn't even hadn't talked to him in a month, you know. So, I, hey, how's this kid doing? Oh, he's doing fine, but we don't know that, you know. So, it's a matter of interacting because then I think as long as you're making that contact with them, I think they're having that feeling of importance, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, I, and they need that, you know. Unfortunately, you know, and I, I think it's in all of our situations and a lot of coaches' situations, but there's times when we are what they look forward to. So, in other words, when we say hi to that kid when they come into the gym, you know, that might be what they look for, you know, in a day, you know, because they unfortunately, you know, they may go home and not get attention that they, that they want to need, you know. So, they, it's, it's, really, it's really good for us to do that. You know, it's not only, and this is a thing that, you know, some coaches, you know, tend to allow to happen, which is crazy as well, but and it's not my guy that scores 30 points a game. You know, it's one or two rebounds, you know, but it, it's, it's all of them. You got to show that importance to all of them because this is, uh, unfortunately, you know, these days, you know, our, our kids, our kids do, they, they, they need us in those situations, you know, and there's a, there's, there's nothing better, you know, than, you know, 10 years down the line, you know, I tell my kids all the time, I'm not going to ask you 10 years down the line, how's basketball going? I'm going to ask you how you're doing, you know, because basketball most likely is not even in the, in the future anymore, you know? So, uh, it's a matter, you know, that's why it says coaching to change lives. It didn't say coaching to change football, coaching to change basketball, baseball, volleyball, soccer, you know, anything like that. It's coaching to change lives, you know, and that's the, uh, the big picture in, the, in what we're doing. Hopefully we're teaching our kids, you know, life lessons, you know, and it doesn't all have to do. Yes, wins are, are, are awesome, you know, and it's, a, and it's a lot more fun at times. But uh, like even our first year when we went to state, we were 25 and 13. You know, that's, that's 12, 13 times that we got better. You yeah. know, it wasn't a matter, you know, that's, you know, we have to use it that way, but uh, it is, it's, it's, it's living in their heads. And I guarantee you, it's even satisfying, you know, when you make like this year, we weren't as successful. We wanted to be, got to the playoffs, didn't do as well, but it's still a successful season when you have those kids come back <clears throat> telling you how well they're doing. At least, you know, the, the things that we taught them kind of stuck in their head. There's, there's bigger things, and this is how going to sound crazy. There's bigger things than coming home with that state championship. That'd be great, you know, but there are bigger things. <laughs> well, well, that's, that's – uh, you guys kind of alluded to what I wanted to ask next. Um, well, first off, I just want to say it's all great stuff. I think it's important that people get to hear and see that. I mean, not everybody understands. Like coaches, you know, we gen- genuinely care about our kids and, and their well-being and them becoming better men. Obviously, we want them to become better basketball players and better athletes, but the goal is to help prepare them for life after this is all done. And, and so for people in the public to hear and see your thought process, I think is important. I think it's really good that you guys are sharing that information. Um, you know, but alluding to what you were saying earlier, it's great. At the end of the day, everybody's goal in the Winter State Championship as a team. Um, but uh, what, can, can you guys give me some examples? You don't have to use names or anything. Just examples of moments in your coaching career where you realize, you know, what we do can be more impactful uh, than just wins and losses in a kid's life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, uh, I always have one that sticks out. You know, there's, there's all kinds of, uh, of ones. But uh, young, um, I guess, third-year coaching uh, went from Kirby – uh, to Brackenridge and used to do it all the time. And we all have some trick we have uh, to motivate kids. 
get them all on the line when that first progress report comes out. And they're all lined up and you call out their name in order and they step out and you're like, you wouldn't be playing today if we had a game, you know, <laughs> and they step back and, and then, you know, I'd always follow it up with what is your plan to get your grades uh, to be eligible? And they'd mumble some stuff, you know, whatever, you know, it was this, the shame game, you know, and then um, I got to this kid, um, but he stepped out and I was like, same thing, man. Dude, you've got seven classes. You're only passing athletics. What in the world? And I'm giving it to him. Uh, what is your plan to pass? How are you going to get eligible? He goes, uh, Coach, my mom's in jail and my dad don't give a S. And I was like, all right, well, step back. <laughs> I just kept on going, man. But, uh, you know, it hit me. You know, and, and again, it just goes back and – and man, you know, it's the thing that is this is, and I think it shows a lot is when, when I was at Brackenridge, I was the hatchet man. You know, I, I did all the tryouts and I did the cuts of people that moved up from the freshman level to JV level. Um, you know, Coach Isaac used to con me into it, man. He would always say, you know, because how many seniors actually try out for a team or how many seniors do you really have to cut? or removed from the program, however you want to put it. And so he goes, oh, he would always go like this. Hey, Steve, I'll handle the senior guys, and you handle the other class. <laughs> I had everybody. <laughs> you, know, it, you know, I would always be the guy like, hey, if, you, if you're not on time, you know, if you're not dressed, you know, we do, you got to be on the line by the time the tardy bell rings, you know, that run it in thing over here at Veterans. But at Brackenridge, I think it was two minutes. After the bell rang, you had two minutes to be uh, dressed. And so, you know, I, I'd keep track of all that stuff. And, and so you had to let people go, you know, and, and some of them you built a relationship with, but they just, they were missing Saturday practice. They would take off, you know, they, you know, for various reasons, you know, some of them had to work, some of them, you know, whatever, but, you know, you work with them as much as you can. It was a communication. You know, I remember one time I had a kid come back, he got a haircut and he came back to practice with a haircut. And I was like, dude, why are you late? It, you know, I knew why he was late. Got a haircut, you know, and, and you know, it was just one of those things. And, and I had to remove a few of those kids, you know, but they would always stop and, um, and they'd still talk to me in the hallway. Mm -hmm. and, and they'd say, you know, how are you doing? You know, hey, thanks for looking. And I'd still, I'd still ask, what's up? Um, I remember another one at Brackenridge. Um, he didn't even play his uh, senior year. He was a piece his junior year, but he went to football his senior year and then never came back to basketball. So it was basketball season. Football season was over. And he got some rips. You know, he played safety. And, um, and he was sitting on the bench. And I was going to athletics. And I was like, hey, what are you doing? And he was like, man, I don't know about this, man. I don't know about school. And I was like, dude, you are literally – like three months away from graduating. I said, picture your parents' face when you walk across the stage. Because his dad was, owned a construction business. Uh, I don't even know, you know, spoke very little English. I'd met him a couple times because he, he was in the program for three years. And, um, and I was like, dude, like, they expect you to graduate. That's what you're here for. I said, look, whatever you're going through, man, just – you know, talk to me about it. Talk to anybody about it. But get through this. 
because three months from now, man, you, you don't have to be here no more, you know, but it's about finishing something, dude. Um, finish it out. You know, I mean, you're too close and you're too smart. Like you're not a dumb kid. And he finished it. And I've seen him once or twice um, out over here on the Southeast side. Um, and he stops and we, he takes a picture. Like he's like, I want to take a picture with you. And, you know, I, social media, I guess. I don't have any of that stuff. But, um, but that's like little stuff that, I mean, and, and, and that's someone who said thank you. Think about all the kids that you've influenced that don't say thank you. Mm -hmm. That they don't even know that what you, Marcus, and you, Lonnie, have talked to them about, that it's in there. And all they know is when tough times get tough, they've been taught to respond like this. And, and those are just two stories, but I'm sure you guys got, you know, just many also. So that, those are two that stood out to me. Yeah, those are, that's, you know, to me, that's what it's, what it's all about. I think that's why we do what we do, you know, for, for stories like that, you know, and things like that. The difference that you make, you know, people always ask me, hey, why do you teach? Because I want to make a difference. You know, why do you coach? Because I want to make a difference, you know, and, you know, and it's, and it, and it really comes down to, you know, this is, this is who we are. This is what we do. You know, the, the, the great teachers are great coaches as well. So I guarantee you, I go into Steve's classroom. I go, Marcus, I go in your classroom. It's, it's the same. You care. You know, unfortunately, there are, there are probably some people that go to class, you know, and yes, we have some that, that go to class. And they don't, it's like, how do you go and teach when you don't even like kids? You know, but unfortunately, there are people that are like that, you know, but for us, because we because we care, I had to I had to find this as I was looking for a second ago. This is a literally I want to say about a week and a half ago. This is a kid that uh, graduated, played ball for us probably six, seven years ago. And it's big, huge text. But I'll read this part that I want you all to uh, to realize this is what we're talking about. Uh, he says, I want to say thank you to. Thank you, you and Coach Rare, for helping shape me into what I am today. I appreciate every single day that we've shared together and the things I picked up from you and the coaching staff I will never forget. You guys taught me to not only be a good athlete, but to be a good person in general. Life is bigger than basketball, <clears throat> and it took me to when I got to college to figure it out. But that's, that's the type thing that, you know, that, that you want you know, when the kids go out. You know, because unfortunately, I'd love to say every single one of them is going to be playing NBA. You know, but that's that's not the case. You know, and real we realize that they at the time most of the time don't realize that. You know, but you know it is what it is, and you know there's there's bigger things. You know, and this is life lessons that you know that we're that we're trying to teach them. You know, and this is a lot of times you know it kind of like that seed that hits the hits the concrete. It's not going to grow. You know, but it's not for us for lack of throwing out the net. You know, we're going to try and throw out the net and catch what we can. You know, and uh, those that catch soon, that's a great thing, but there's a lot of them that will catch it later. Yeah. No, that's, that's beautiful stuff, guys. I appreciate y'all sharing those stories. I mean, uh, everybody's got different stories similar. I mean, at the end of the day, just uh, the relationships you build and, and the influence you have on their lives, like, like you guys said, and like Steve mentioned, some of them don't even realize it yet, right? It's something that happens a few years down the line, and then eventually it'll click, and then they say, you know what? This is all the stuff that we did in athletics, and, and I didn't really like it at the time. But coach, coach was holding us accountable and to a certain standard. Um, this is really paying off in my family life or in my job. Um, 
you know, just stuff like that. And so uh, it's, it's a blessing to be able to do what we do. Um, and for those that are in it for the right reasons and, and um, the kids that are with those types of people benefit uh, greatly from them. Yeah. Like everybody's got a different situation. Every school's a little different. Demographics are a little different. Uh, but, but all the kids are, they need somebody, right? So that's a beautiful thing. Um, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, real quick, like best player you've ever coached against just off the top of your head. Oh, geez. I, I, I would have to say, man, there was – God, there's a few. But if there's one that killed us, it was in 2016 in the state semifinals, this dude named Marcus Boland that had 47 dunks against us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he killed us. He killed us. I mean, we, we couldn't do anything with him. We just – you know, I, I, was, I was begging for three seconds, but they wouldn't <laughs> give us one. So – I mean, he's 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 one that uh that that hurt us really really bad. Steve. Yeah, well, heck, coach, um, you you've been living my life for two years. Uh, you know, we've 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 gone from uh from Jackson to to Phillips. I mean, and those those guys, they're just darn good, man. And yeah. and, and you know, um, you know, and it, it kind of one of those things, man, where it's just been tough. You know, you try to put two on on somebody and then they've got some other guy that can attack the rim. So, and those guys were really good, but you know, one guy that, you know, um, really just totally took over the second half was, uh, the youngster from Bernie. And I don't want to pronounce it, mispronounce his name. Um, uh, last year, their point guard. Yeah. Um, uh, I coach, can't say his name. I don't, I don't <laughs> know. How to pronounce his name either. 21 on us yeah. in the second half. And, um, uh, and it was a close game, and uh, and we did it. We were sending two at him, full court, get the ball out of his hands, and then he'd find a way to get the ball back, and he was getting to the line. I mean, it was just he was crafty. Wasn't very fun. He wasn't very uh, like he wasn't super super quick or anything. He was just smart and crafty, and knew how to how to play the game. Oh yeah, and and that's I, I think was more frustrating than actually uh, dealing with. Uh, with the youngsters from Wagner, because I mean, we 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 saw it right there in front of us—the the amount of talent that they have, and, and and how well Coach Clark does with them. And then, uh, but but the guy from Barney, I was like, man, we can stay in front of this guy, but uh, <laughs> I just couldn't do it, man. It was, it was frustrating, and and uh, you know, when I was at Judson, of course, Roberson and Clarkson, but we had so many athletes too that you know we we gave them you know really good games, yeah, but. Uh, but those, that, that was the guy that stood out to me. What I do want to ask Coach Hubbard, just, just real quick, uh, you know, Gerald Liddell, you know, he's playing at Texas right now. Just talk real briefly about, you know, when you first met him till he graduated, you know, just a quick story about his development. And then what you see now with him over at Texas with, you know, yeah. under Shaka Smart and, then what, and how he's developed over there. You know, uh, that's funny. That's a crazy story. Uh, within the first week, you know, that uh, – you know, we, first of all, I've never – I had never had, you know, big – time colleges, you know, trying to get a hold of us as far as our players. You know, we just never had those guys. Yeah. And, uh, man, I got a call from UT before he even got there. <laughs> you know, so yeah, this guy's an eighth grader. <laughs> you know, I'm getting a call from this guy. So I'm like, oh, wow. But, uh, <laughs> man, the very first – I think the very first week that we actually had Gerald, uh, 
we're going through stuff. And of course, you know, I'm getting on in practice because I'm, I'm definitely not one of those guys that want to be like, you know, cater to the cater to the stud and say, okay, what you're doing is great. But at the same time, the guy over here, that's not as good did the same thing. And I'm getting all over him. I'm yeah. not, I'm not that guy, you yeah. know? So I, I had to get on him a few times and, uh, he literally texts his mother saying, I don't think coach, coach hub likes me, you know? <laughs> so, so that, you know, that started the, the, the relationship off, you know, really well because I ended up talking to mom and all that stuff, you know? So it was good. Um, Gerald's awesome. You know, he, he, he's, he's a specimen, you know, a guy like that, as long as he is and, you know, and is athletic, you know, what, uh, where Gerald is uh, his biggest weakness that he has always had, and I think he's through it, you know, is uh, he just at times, you know, like we're talking about being a, being mentally tough, you know, and and going hard all the time. Yeah, you could you could tell whenever he wasn't going hard, you know, he could turn it on, and all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, here we go. But yeah. then there's times when it's like, man, you got to go, you know. But uh, that was it for him. Is uh, is developing his motor. You know, and, and I think as, as as time went on, and it was late, to be honest with you, you know, it was late before he actually figured it out. And some will say he didn't really figure it out until he got to UT. And that's part of the reason, you know, he struggled his first year. Yes, he had injuries and all that stuff. But I talked to Shaka himself, and Shaka said uh, he told me at the very first beginning of that first year, he said, Coach, he's probably not going to play that much. He hadn't figured it out, you know. And, uh, and you know, and, and he did. You know, he's he was having a really good this year this year, and then he, uh, he got hurt again. But uh, it's it's the mental aspect of the game, you know, that uh, that he had a problem with. You know, he had all the tools, you know, being able to, you know, jump out of the gym, rebound, and when he decided to go, he could flat out go, you know. But uh, it's the the mental aspect of the game is what he had to get better at, and I think uh, I think he's reached that point finally. Nice, that's awesome. Uh, one more question before we we call this one a day. But uh, you guys been watching the Jordan documentary, the Bulls documentary? Oh yeah, no doubt. Right. Uh, so. Just talk a little bit about, you know, one of the episodes that really keyed on Dennis Rodman, right? You know, aside from all the crazy stuff that you saw Dennis Rodman do and the partying and all that, you know, what are some of the takeaways that you think maybe would be beneficial for kids? Just seeing how he was the ultimate uh, role player, you know, and he, and he owned it. You know, he said, you know what, I used to study hours of film on guys' offensive habits, and I used to spend hours in the gym just rebounding, studying the trajectory of the ball, right, from different angles. I mean, um, what are some things you think that were important takeaways from that aspect? You, to me, I mean, you, you, have to be a, you have to be a student of the game. Mm -hmm. You have to be. We talk about that all the time, be a student of the game. And, you know, and the crazy part about it for me is when you ask a kid, you know, after a game, Hey, how'd you play? How'd you play? The first thing that's going to come out of their mouth is how many points they scored. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'll, I'll, I'll catch my freshmen after games, especially the B games, are because I don't see them that much. Um, how'd you play? And they'll tell me how many points I had. I said, that's okay. That's great. But how'd you play? You know, what else did you do? You know, and they don't, they don't realize, you know, that there are other things, you know, when it comes down, down to uh, a team playing the game, you, you have to have, those role players, you know, and the hardest part about that is, is getting them to realize how important it is of the role that they play. Yeah. You know, it's, it's real hard to get in their head that they played extremely well <clears throat> because they had 10 rebounds, you know, six assists, you know, compared to their two points. They had two points and now they're thinking that they didn't play very well, you know, yet you've accounted for 
20 other points, at least because of the assist that you had, Absolutely. you know, so, you know, and, and the rebounds that you had and all that stuff, you know, so that's the, to me, that's the hardest part is to get them to realize how important it is, you know, as a role player. And I'm sorry, the, uh, whether it be the Pistons, the Bulls, whoever, they're not as good, even the Spurs, they're not as good without Rodman, you know, getting 15, 20 rebounds, you know, a, a game. You know, I can tell you there's been times when we've had teams and I just, I said, I call them the Windex guy. We need a glass cleaner, you know, and if we, if we don't have those guys, then it makes it hard. I mean, we, we didn't, we really didn't have that guy this year and it hurt us, you know, so uh, it, it's, it's very, very, very important for people to realize, you know, what their role is and to accept it, you know, and that's the thing about Rodman. He accepted his role and, and kind of built off of it. You know, it's, it's hard to get those guys that, you don't get guys that come in and go, coach, I'm going to rebound everything. Sure. That's what you want to hear, but you don't, you don't hear that. You know, they, they all want to score. They all want the glamour spots. You know, it's kind of like uh, if you relate to football, mm-hmm. you know, you got the guys that running backs that run all those yards, but those guys in the front that develop those holes, yeah. you know, you're not going to go anywhere without those guys, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a, I'm, I'm one of the guys that has not started it yet. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a single track guy and, and I'm, I got to fit. I only got so much time for television <laughs> uh, with all these little, uh, little youngsters running around this house. And so I, I generally, um, I do a, a little bit of, of, of work on, on uh, the, the character stuff when the kids go to bed. And then I, when I finish Ozarks, my wife, matter of fact, she walked out the other day and said, um, the, the Michael Jordan show is going to be on Netflix starting, I think, this week. And so I told her exactly. I said, hey, that's good because uh, that way I can catch up with it because I'm kind of one track. Once I start something, <laughs> I, I want to finish it, and then I start the next one. But to go back to what y'all said about Rodman and his trajectory, I had read that about him before. Um, I don't know where it was, but I know I had read something about him, about how he was so good about angles and the trajectory of the ball. He knew where it was going. And it, it's so funny because, you know, playing and coaching with Coach Wacker – those were like the little things that he used to talk about all the time. He's so fun to talk to, just like it's fun to talk with you guys and, and all the things that you've already done, Marcus, with the people you've talked to, is how detailed-oriented the good ones are. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it's such a big deal to, to worry about the little things. Um, you know, um, and, and that's, that's such a big deal, you know. Um, it's so true. You know, this is the whole goal of what we're trying to find out is know yourself. Um, teaching them this quote, um, know what you can do and know what you can't do. You don't have to do it all. That's what your teammates are for. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's, there's nothing more important than, than your glue guys because the best team, as we all know, is the best players that play together. Mm-hmm. And, and it can't be everybody shooting the first available shot. Yeah. You know, because that, that's not what it's for. You're going to need a screener, and you're going to need a guy. You know, and that, that's a good thing, like you said, Lonnie, is when you walk out, and you can tell a lot about a kid by, you know, what what'd you think. And, you know, I, the better ones, they say stuff like, I could have done more, coach. I mean, I love that answer, you know, when I, when I hear a kid say that. Um, and, and then, you know, you get your response, though, I didn't score enough. Well, maybe that's not your role. Yeah. You know, and, I, and that's what, to go back to the whole culture thing and everybody understanding who they are and where they fit in, um, 
that's uh, that, that's uh, if you if you could figure it out, you'd be rich, man. If you can, that's the the hardest part, man. I, I'd retire today. I, I I'd write down the the foolproof book of teaching players how to accept their roles, yep. and, and that's always the hard work in our job. Um, you know, it, it comes down to trust, and and that's where you know we're constantly working on that. Uh, give me a better person, you got a better player, right? And so, how do you get them better? Well, well, first of all, they got to trust you. You know, um, that kid that that I asked it to why why he's doing what he's doing, and mom's in jail, and dad don't give. You know, well, I got to build some trust because he's got adults in his life that he don't trust. Yeah. You know, and, and and that's you know the, the most important thing uh, for this these teams are, and you all know this. I'm not cracking on anything y'all don't know is putting them in the right spots and, and letting and, and finding the guys that are the glue guys mm -hmm. because if you don't have it you know that's going to make for a tough a tough season yeah. when it comes down to teams that you that you have to beat to get to get in and, and that's kind of where I've been at you know in, in my career is you know we've been right there you know right there right there and uh, and so it's, it's got to come down to digging a little bit deeper and, and making sure that we're mentally tough enough to win those close ones. And yeah. that's what we're committed to, mm -hmm. you know, so. I mean, I don't think people realize, uh, young players especially, how, how my dad walking by, how, uh, how impactful they can be without necessarily having to score the ball, right? Right. There's so, much, so many more intangibles to the game. <laughs> before, we, before we finish, I want to I thank y'all for uh, sending uh, Wagner to our district. You know, just anything to help y'all out. <laughs> thank, thank you. Right? Thank you very much. Um, and and with, op with open arms, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, hey, man. Our district was fun. Your district is going to be tough next year. It's going to be better again. Yeah, man, we know what we're, we're used to it. It's been, it's, our district is just, it's a dogfight, man. You can't, you can't just show up and beat anyone, you know. Yeah. You got schools like Smithson Valley on the rise, you know, who had a really, really good year, you know. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it's going to be interesting. Right. Well, hey, good luck, everybody. Um, we just had our uh, new district meeting movie, uh, meeting, and, um, you know what, uh, and thanks for doing this, uh, Lonnie and, and Coach Alvarado, uh, Marcus, for setting this Thank up. Thank you all. But just getting a chance to, uh, to, you know, we had to do this through the computer and just briefly getting to meet all those new coaches in that new district that we're in. You know, just the, the small 45 minutes to an hour we spent, it's just, it just reassured what you're doing with this, Marcus, is there are so many good people in coaching. Like a lot of these guys, this is the first interaction I've had with them. It was good, um, you know. So you know, keep doing what you're doing, Marcus, and uh, and getting it out there. And, and now, after I'm done with this tonight, I'm gonna watch all those ones that you said. <laughs> <laughs> so now all the anxiety, personal Zoom uh, thing, guys, is over with. Yes, <laughs> I really Man, I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, I know, and everybody's got got their schedule in their day. So you guys taking time out to talk basketball and life with us. It's a uh, no. I, I really appreciate it. I, I convinced Cliff. I, I mean, I texted Cliff, and he said he, he's going to hop on uh, one on Thursday. So I'm going to get Coach Ellis on here see what he's see what he's talking about with Good. His, his new role and and, and life yep. in general. I'm glad glad to be rid of him too. <laughs> <laughs>
I'll forward that message along to him on Thursday. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Appreciate you. Take care. Appreciate it. Okay, see you.